Hi guys, this is Danny. And this is Molly. And this is Black Chick Lit, and we're figuring it out. It's winter. Yeah, as we go along. You know, we're just two people trying to do our best in this world, okay? <laughs> uh, we don't need to be that defensive. No one said anything. I just feel bad. I feel, I'm defending myself against myself <laughs> and my own accusations. It's like, girl, get it together. But it's hard. Like, life, I, I was traveling, you're making a life. Like, it's hard. <sighs> That's hard. You're producing an entire human being. I'm exhausted just thinking about it. That little man kicked me in the ribs the other day. <laughs> Did you say old man? It hurt. Did you call him? I said little man, but maybe I should call him old man. <laughs> okay, I thought you said- Old man baby. I thought you said old man kicked me in the ribs the other day. I was like <laughs> picturing a tiny grandpa baby. <laughs> grandpa baby kicked me in the ribs. Uh, that sounds painful and rude and just all sorts of adjectives. It was rude. Because uh, you, you sent the perfect gif in response. And I understand. <laughs> let me tell you, that could not have more encapsulated, like, the discomfort <laughs> than, like, that old man grimacing with the thumbs up. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, we're making it through. At least you have, you know, sun and warmth. <sighs> I'd trade it for some cool. It's too damn hot here. The whole state's on fire. Oh, I it's saw just that. Ain't good. I saw, I saw there's some, dust everywhere. I don't know what it is. I saw some really scary photos. It looks like hell. It's like California. It's like 40 degrees here. I still refuse to turn on the, the heat. So I'm just like <laughs> sitting next to space heaters. I see. I was like spiring about to get my money, not in the middle of October. So we can get into it this week or episode. We were going to discuss diversity in children's literature. But before that, we have a few news stories. Yes. The first one is, this may seem fairly obvious, but we're going to go ahead and say it. Black people and people of color and LGBTQ LGBTQ people have existed for quite some time. What? I know. You want to check, fact check me on that. So there was this. I don't know if I believe this. I know. I I think I asked you the other day, have you seen a black person? Have you ever met (laughs) a black person from 1865? Because I have not. Um, There was a thread on a website that we won't promo because it's not a good thread. And really, I think they posted it in bad faith. So I don't want to give them the Uh. clicks that basically said, like, what's with all these crappy historical romances? And it was not even a story as much as it was just them saying, hey, let's talk about this. And like people were coming in on the comments with some ridiculousness talking about, like, I know, happy black people. What's that about? (laughs) It's like, (laughs) And like. Because there's been a trend lately in, like, historical romance of people trying to do better with representation and inclusive inclusivity, which mm-hmm. means newer books have more references to things like gay people or people of color or people who are, you know, I guess more socially progressive or inclusive. And apparently there's some backlash to that, which I think is foolishness. Yeah. I just saw the, what was it, black left-handed lesbian romance. Oh. <laughs> And there was like, you know, there's never been a black left-handed lesbian before. That's obviously a construction of um, the, uh, I don't know, the PBS media. Exactly. And well, and then one woman I follow, she was like, if you knew how hard it was to get like black LGBTQ stories published, she's like, I wish it were that easy. She's like, I wish it was just an editor sending me a list. So it's like, it's just insulting all around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to spend much time on it, but I just, 
I, I saw this going back and forth and me not being like the romance person. I was like, hmm. Well, because like, <laughs> I think it's a broader thing. Like anytime like there's a period piece and like some black person shows up, people are like, rabble, 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 rabble. And it's like, I mean, honestly, I feel like and we might get in with this, our topic, like anytime yeah. things aren't a hundred percent white, straight, then people start complaining. Like you can have 300 years of, you know, Tintin going around with his little colonizing ass. Like you have like one story of like a Latino character and all of a sudden it's like, these SJWs are out to get us. Right. And sometimes in these books, they're just like background characters or they'll just be like one character and everyone's like, look at them bending to the ah, the political correctness. (laughs) It's like, Black people existed in the 1800s. Like, yeah. they were like, do you think we all just popped up in the 1960s after MLK? I think, like, I think, I mean, that's the way they teach history. Like, there is like slavery and Martin Luther King Jr., and that's the extent yeah. of it. Like, black people were around. And then I was telling Molly this before we recorded I get really annoyed when people act like progressivism is a new thing because even during slave times, people do slavery was bad. That's not some right. modern idea. Right. We realized hundreds of years later, like they're even like all black people knew it was bad, but there are even white people who are like, you know, slavery is bad. Right. So I feel like when people do this, when they're like, well, they wouldn't have been that progressive. It's sort of a way of excusing it. Like, Oh, that's just how they were back then. Like they I didn't, so. yeah, they didn't know any better. No, they knew, they knew it was wrong. So I just finished watching Belle last week, too, Uh which I love that movie. And it's basically it's about a woman who actually existed, who was a mixed race. Like, I don't know what her she didn't have a rank, but she was like the daughter of a a lord Mm. or the the niece. She was the niece of a lord and she was visibly black and like she lived just fine. Yeah, it's like, you know, black people have been around. I remember my uh, uh, one of my middle school teachers we were learning about ancient um, Egypt. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, he was like, you know, uh, some of the um, pharaohs of Egypt were a- African. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for that. I was like, word. <laughs> some of the emperors of China were Chinese. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, it's just, it's just bad teaching of history and it sucks. And then it yeah. just sort of perpetuates itself, so... Yeah. But we'll get into that, I'm sure, later in our discussion. I'm sure we will. Um, we also, so this is a little bit older, but the Pew, Pew's out here doing what they do, asking people <laughs> questions. Asking people questions. <laughs> I never get asked, I never get, you know what, I also never answer my phone, so that's probably that. See, <laughs> I, that's, I get mad at these studies too, and then I'm like, but if an unknown person calls me i don't answer my damn phone so i just ignore i don't do a thing with it so you know what it's all on me but basically they did a survey about people's reading habits and it turns out that a little more than a quarter so 27 percent, said they have not read a book in whole or in part Ooh, i didn't see the in whole or in part part in the past year so so they were wondering like who are these non-adult readers and it looks like the majority of them are men, uneducated men who live in rural areas. Hispanic, uneducated... Well, I mean, I don't think they all overlap, but it tends to be people who are making less than 30000 less than high school diploma, and who live in rural areas as opposed to urban or suburban. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I'm trying to think like, and maybe this is just me because books are so much in my life. Uh-huh. I just can't imagine not reading one. But, you know, maybe there are people who have other interests. Like, I don't watch a lot of movies. But I have seen yeah. at least one movie, so I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely, I don't know. I'm just naturally skeptical of all polls. <laughs> <laughs> so when they're saying, like, book, what do they mean? Because it's like, you know, I feel like people might, on the whole, be reading more because of the internet. I think so, too. Like, what and are we it's classifying? Like, yeah, so it's like if you're, you know, a high school or less than high school, whatever, they want to call it in here. Because I did notice kind of this article isn't super well written. Oh, yeah. Um, and you're like reading fanfic or something. Like, are they counting that as a book? I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Um, uh, my husband was like, you're becoming a radical SJW. And I told him I was going to become a radical incel instead. <laughs> you got to become an incel <laughs> by, um, you know, association. So I don't know if it's just me going off on my, uh, you know, radical miss. But I'm kind of like, okay, let's dig into these numbers a little bit more. And I, I, I'm just naturally skeptical and curious, especially when I see something that says like the term Hispanic, because I know a lot of people... We were just doing like this big thing with a big poll where we were talking about education and um, employment levels. Mm -hmm. And I know they were saying that, um, and especially in Southern California, they were saying that a lot of the the term they used was Hispanic. And a lot of the Latino people who were reading that did not identify as Hispanic. So they purposely chose other or something else because they're like, well, I'm not Spanish, so... And those would be, you know, the people like our age and younger who are like, fuck that. <laughs> so it's like, are these numbers skewed? Like, whenever I see this, I just start to think like, okay, but let's dig into this a little bit more. I agree, because I think you brought up a good point with the internet. People could be reading now more than ever, but because they're reading blogs or news posts or fanfic or whatever or essays or am I the asshole yeah it's like reddit boards because it's not being <laughs> like it's not in that traditional sense of a book and this does it looks like they did include like ebooks and audiobooks but again they're just focusing on books which could you know exclude a lot of reading right because I read a lot but I never read any ebooks and see and like I because that shit hurts my eyes and I read a lot but I don't read these long ass articles on the internet like I don't, right. I don't have time for these long form. <laughs> right. We were, the other day we were trying to look up like what the hell was actually involved with impeachment. Oh yeah. And I was like, look at they had all these think pieces. Molly had to send over like a flow chart, and I was like, okay, got it. <laughs> Thank you. That's all I needed. <laughs> a graphical representation. I don't have time to sit here and scroll on my desktop to computer through your twenty minute right. read. I can't do it. So. so yeah, it's just it's it's interesting it is yeah i do think i also guess like what so yeah i mean what are we saying by this anyway why are we recording who's reading a book as opposed to just who's reading yeah that's a good question i don't know i i just i see too often things like this being used like against exactly like well black people uh aren't reading so we don't really have to make them the the focus of our, we're not going to buy your black ass book because black people don't read. Mm-hmm. They don't exist. Remember, how can they read? They don't exist. How can they read? 
How can you read if you don't exist? I don't know. We're getting real, <laughs> real philosophical on this podcast. So it's just interesting. I feel like this conversation was a repeat of one we had with poetry. Remember when there were like oh, yeah. fewer people are reading poetry? We were like, well, how are you defining poetry? Right. You're like a 15-year-old kid who's really into hip-hop, and you're deciding you're going to write and read your own hip-hop. Like, is that not right. some form? So, Or this girl who's on Instagram with the haikus and shit. It's <laughs> like, you know, if kids are reading that, then I feel like it's just kind of disingenuous of me to say, like, well, that doesn't count. Yeah. It sounds like, I guess, our way of measuring things and our metrics are just outdated. Like, they have not yet caught Could up be. with our digital environment. Could be, yeah. Or I could be completely fucking wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's... that's I'm not the Pew <laughs> Research Center. <laughs> that is the disclaimer for all of our episodes. Is we could just fucking be wrong. Uh, our last one, which I think is kind of funny, is... I don't know how... So this is... The next article is from The Guardian. And it's a kind of a correction or a clarification from a study that came out in 2017. And I don't know how we missed it, but apparently this initial study basically made the claim that reading sci-fi makes you stupid, (laughs) which that's a pretty bold claim to make. And I would say one worth investigating a little bit further. Right. Well, they have, and they followed up with, well, it turns out reading bad science fiction, reading quality science fiction is just as good as reading quality literary fiction. Which kind of wow. seems like, yeah, like a duh. <laughs> like, that's how it always is. It's quality, not the genre. Right. This is the thing general fiction has to put up with all the damn time. Seriously. And it's kind of like, I don't know, guys. Just, you don't, you want me to read, but you don't want me to read this. <laughs> and then you're going to say, I'm getting stupid. And it's like, I just, I don't, what do you want from me? <laughs> what do you want from the internet? I like the two, um... So it looks like the, it says, this time, 204 participants were given one of two stories to read. Both were called Ada and were identical apart from one word to prove the strictest possible control. And I love the two sentences that they have. The literary version begins, my daughter is standing behind the bar, polishing a wine glass against a white cloth. The science fiction variant begins, my robot is standing behind the bar <laughs> polishing a white glass against a white cloth. Instantly like, sci-fi. Instantly, you know. Just add robots. A ro- just add robots, sci-fi. But it's like, it's interesting because you t- look at these two sentences and it's like, okay, the daughter one, sure. But then the science fiction one, it raises all these questions like, well, what do you mean my robot? Is this a society where we own AI as if they're like, less than intelligent why is this robot polishing a wine glass can they even drink and enjoy it or is this your robot slave what's going on so yeah. i don't know i just i love these but they just changed one one word and it's kind of like yeah this is exactly the same oh gosh i like the guy said so like they were pretty startled by the result <laughs> like <laughs> hey good fiction results in you know good experiences who could have thought yeah and i i just I don't know. So it's it's spooky season, right? And <laughs> my husband is like, he's like a big, long-term horror fan. He fucking loves horror movies. I have never really enjoyed them, but now I'm like, you know, indoctrinated into it. <laughs> and there's this whole thing about, I don't know if you've heard this term before, um, elevated horror. People will come into genre and they'll elevate it. They'll make it like better. They'll make it like they're saying this uh 
literary sci-fi versus non-literary sci-fi and that makes it okay now for um I don't know, the philosophicals to enjoy it. And it's kind of like, just just leave me alone with it. Leave me alone. Sometimes I just want to watch Leprechaun in space. Let me enjoy my shit in peace. Right. It's like, I'm over here enjoying, well, I was going to say we're over here enjoying our science fiction, but according to that extremely rude poll you put up on our Twitter... I'm going to say I'm over here <laughs> by myself enjoying science fiction. To be fair, that poll forced some people to reevaluate their views. They realized, <laughs> you know what? Maybe I do enjoy science fiction and fantasy. <laughs> That's they just, true. They hadn't realized it. <laughs> but I don't need people coming in trying to validate it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. So it's just, I just thought, I just thought the fact that I don't know how we missed that original because that's a headline that would grab that my attention. <laughs> <laughs> what website is this? This is The Guardian. Yeah, I don't often read The Guardian. So I don't either. Honestly, when I look for news for this, I just go and I type like books into Google and then I click <laughs> the news tab and then I see what it gives me. I need to expand my search. Um, so yeah. So I just thought, I just, I love the genre versus literary fiction discussion. I always will. In my creative writing class, we watched Misery. Like, I think our teacher just wanted an excuse to watch Misery, but she used it as a launching, <laughs> like as a launch pad to discuss genre versus literary fiction. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's get to our discussion. Okay. You were sort of inspired by a study by the Cooperative Children's Book Center. Yes. Do you want to tell us a bit about it? Um, sure. So there was a study and it was like, it's called Diversity in Children's Books in 2018. And it was done by the University of uh, Wisconsin-Madison, which I've always heard is Madison, Wisconsin. I don't know. <laughs> I may have also just typed it wrong in the outline, but. No, no, it's, it's, this is, I'm looking at the, uh, uh, oh, graphic. Yeah. Just, uh, okay. And you know what? It's probably, this is probably correct. And I've been saying it wrong for 30 plus years. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they were essentially looking at, just like they said, diversity in children's books in 2018. Like who um, was depicted within kid lit. And so they looked at this study. You might have seen it. It's got like this illustration where all these kids are like looking at mirrors. And um, and it's looking at the books that came out in 2018 and who, I, I don't know if it's like the main character or just, I wasn't exactly sure about that. But it essentially said, what is it, totally surprising that about um, 50% of the books uh, featured white characters. Then uh, it said... I can, I can jump in real quick. They count a book as about if the main character subject is a person of color or if they are able to determine that a person of color features significantly in the narrative. I see. So yeah, 50% um, had white characters, 10% African-American, 7% Asian Pacific Islander, 5% Latinx, and 1% American Indian. And I think like the most interesting statistic for me was 27%. So more than Black, Asian, Latin, Latino. Sorry. I always like trip when I get to the X, uh-huh. Latinx, and Native American. So more than all of those combined were animals. 
slash other. Right. (laughs) Which is is just kind of a slap to the face. They also, so I compared the numbers to the 2017. That was also, so in 2017, books featuring white characters were at 23%. Or seventy three percent. I apologize. They had a they oh, dropped twenty three percent of points. Yeah. yeah, they're at seventy three percent, and they dropped fifty percent this year. And you're thinking, oh, that means that's more books about people of color. No, nope. the one with the biggest gains was the books with animals or non human characters, which more than doubled. So which there was. I like how this says animals, trucks, etc. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it went from twelve point five percent to twenty seven percent, and it's like, well. Okay, the the um, people group, the group with the biggest jump that was a person was Asian American Pacific Islander, which increased 3.7 percentage points. So from 3.3 in 2007 to 7%. Yeah, so that bear just ate all those gains. He did. He was like, thank you. Yeah. And um, one thing I like is in this new graphic, you can see cracks in the mirrors because I think she they wanted to account for, you know, the quality of the representation. Mm. So they do the cracks, but they don't actually quantify them. So we can't tell you any real numbers. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting. These little kids are like looking at mirrors and some of them have like there's really big cracks in the mirror where it's like, yeah, they're the children. The quality of, color- of them. Yeah. 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 So what prompted this is um old man baby (laughs) his new name (laughs) and trying to purchase books for him um has been interesting because um both my husband and I are mixed and it's like trying to find someone with his exact racial makeup I don't think is going to happen your husband's or your babies my babies okay (laughs) Um, because like growing up, I didn't see a whole lot of, uh, representation of families that look like us, mm-hmm. um, especially with a black mother and a white father, even though that seems to be the trend nowadays. I don't know. Thanks mixed dish and all these, <laughs> uh, scandal and all that bullshit. <laughs> Did um, you see Tyler Perry's doing a knockoff Aldi version of Scandal? I'm sorry, I just wanted Aldi to put that out there. Aldi version of Scandal. We were, so we have a, I think it's Pluto, and like they'll show you the same ad like 20,000 times. I think I saw that for that. And Frank was like watching it. He was like, he was like, what the hell? He like, he refused to believe it was a real thing. He was like, what is, what is this movie? Like, I don't understand it. And it's like, I, because it, it looks kind of like a stage play, but I don't like the quality of the sets and everything, but I don't think it is a stage play. I don't know. I, I'm really trying to wrap my head around all these scandal. <laughs> these knockoffs. But yes, go if ahead. If I can Sorry. find it, I'll watch it though. <laughs> um, so it's like when I was a kid trying to find that representation of books just didn't happen. But now that I'm an adult in a mixed relationship, let me tell you, try to find like things where like the mom is black and the father is Latino. Nowhere. Where is it? Nowhere. Like, uh, uh, I guess Miles Morales has that kind of oh yeah family structure. But other than that, it's like if you look for mixed kids, it's always like, you know, a white mother or something. And then it's like, I don't know. It's just, it, it seems like this... This, if they have interracial relationships, then 
like one of the one of the parties has to be white. Yeah, I've seen some discussion on that, and it's just another way to center whiteness. Like it's very rare do you see relationships about two POC in a relationship. It's somebody's always got to be white because we just always right. have to have white people, I guess. So um, then it's like trying to find that in children's books. It's like, okay, little old man, baby, like. Where do we look to find you? I don't really know. You're going to have to write it, Molly. Or just get him a book about a bear. <laughs> There's plenty of those. <laughs> I like how you went immediately. You're like, no, I ain't write shit. <laughs> I don't have money to write a children's book. <laughs> you got to know someone who can draw. It's hard. Um, my experience has been, I sometimes think, so I have two nieces who are as black as, you know, anybody can claim to be black. Uh, who knows what's in the, that line. But like my sister's a bit lighter than me. She's a bit more high yellow. So her mm-hmm. kids are a bit more high yellow. So sometimes I think about like colorism in terms of children's books. I don't pay it too much attention because, although I maybe should, because I'm noticing Mariah through no fault of her own, she's fallen. It's like that doll study. Because she's not seeing positive representations of like darker skinned girls and characters. She doesn't, and because of her own like not real full understanding of race, she doesn't identify with those characters. And so it's like most, and it's, and like that's another dream. Like you're not going to find a lot of children's books that are dealing with colorism. I do try to find books that have different shades. So at least even if it's not addressing it, like she can see. There was a book we called, we got, oh my gosh. We'll do it when we do the Rex, but there was a book we called, it's like her hair. It's about like, it's about hair and like all the different styles black girls can wear their hair. And I liked it because it Oh, had, is it like, don't touch my hair or something? It's the same author, but she has another oh, okay. one that's more celebratory. Oh, okay. um, it's, it's the same author, Cherie Miller. Her, it's called Princess Hair. And there's like pictures of girls with different shades of like brown skin. And um, they've, it talks about the different way, you know, like. Black girls can wear their hair like dreadlocks, box braids, twists, blowout, all that stuff. So I really liked that just because it does show that diversity. But I'm trying to be cognizant. And sometimes I think I just overthink it of like the images she's seeing. Like she's not even my kid and I'm like overthinking it. So I cannot even imagine if you're the one directly responsible for educating <laughs> a child, the added pressure. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely interesting. And I, I don't all, I really like... Um, kind of the trend that I'm seeing, like, like you said, celebratory books for uh, little black girls. Mm -hmm. Um, And this might just be, I don't know what I'm seeing and like an extension of some other thing that I'm like kind of noticing, but I'm not quite seeing that same celebration for little black boys. I could see that. Yeah, which is making it doubly hard. Like I've got it in books with like a lot of girl, girl characters, but then it's like, Oh, okay, where's the one, you know, and I always hate when people say this, like, where's the one with the boy? Right. Well, I should go write it then. But <laughs> it's like, I, I, I just have noticed, and this is kind of across the board for kids stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like you walk into Target anywhere, and it's like, so gendered. And it's like, all this stuff for little girls. And then, I don't know, it's like a sock with a, <laughs> a bear on it. Like something with like... It's a always a bear or dinosaur for a little boy. So it's kind of like, you know, navigating all these things, it's, it's definitely, I don't know, it's a challenge. Yeah. I haven't hit that yet. My nephew is still like, he's still baby. 
He little. Yeah, he he he's not reading books or playing with toys or anything. But and he's not too sure about y'all yet. He he's he hates me. When I tell you <laughs> this baby judges me. Every time he looks at me, he's like, Oh, so it's you, huh? Like he wants to fight me. Like I feel harassed every time I I thought him. he just had a little mad face. I didn't <laughs> he, know he was actually mad. I don't think he but it, he probably isn't because I mean like how mad can a month old be? But he will look at you and it's like he will cut you just with his eyes. And I'm like, Ooh. How did you learn that? Who who taught you that? He, it's like yeah. you cold, baby. Well, like, I gotta out. chill. Relax. This is as easy as your life is gonna get. Right. Like this is it. You need to relax. Um, he smiles sometimes. Usually when he's with my mother, I. He, and then he'll see me in the room. <laughs> so so yeah. So I haven't hit, but I couldn't see that because we had a completely off-topic discussion that's sort of relevant. I remember the same discussion coming up with um. Remember the princess and the frog. I think we talked about, mm, but then mm-hmm. that led to a different discussion and I had to backtrack a bit. Because, oh, where's the black Disney prince? Yeah. So they made Taina very visibly and very clearly black. But then when her prince came up, like they could have pulled a Wakanda, like, Hey, they could have. here's our black mm-hmm. African prince, but he had to be like this culturally ambiguous guy. Yeah. And it's like, so black boys deserve, you know, representation in Disney. Because I'm trying to think of a black a male character in a Disney film. A black male character in a Disney All film. I got is Mr. Bubbles, Cobra Bubbles. Who is that? Who? The, um, the, uh, the social worker from Lilo and Stitch. Oh, and I guess, um, the guy from Incredibles. Oh, yeah. Uh, I almost said T-Zone. Frozone. <laughs> T-Zone's Frozone. on your face. But then again, that's not like, you know, that's Pixar. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like, like I could see how it is harder for boys. So Yeah. So, and you know, again, I might be wrong. And I always hate when people are talking about, like, the empowerment of one thing. And it's like, well, what about this? So, you know, if he has some recommendations, definitely send them to me. And then if you have some recommendations for uh, indigenous books. Oh, yeah. Because that's the other part of this little quadrangle oh yeah shit nothing nothing I bet. well they have raw numbers on that graphic and what was the numbers of american indians first nation it's like 23 23 books and then it's like talk about quality like the ones that i've been able to find like are like oh you know drugstore indian um what <laughs> yeah it's like not it's not like what I've been looking at haven't really been quality stories, if that makes sense, about yeah. uh, Indian, First Nation, Indigenous characters. Are they, are they written by white people? A lot of them have that's, been. That's what I figured, too. Because yeah. that's another thing. This book doesn't look at author. author. Yeah, which makes a difference. It definitely does. Or this graphic, I should say, doesn't look at yeah, author and illustrator. I don't know. It's just, and I feel like, especially with kids, it's with, like if I read some crappy thing, like I know better. I'm like, oh, that's garbage. That doesn't mean anything. But I feel like with kids, you're setting them, setting them on their path. This is like how they'll view their, like how they learn about the world and how they view themselves. And like, you don't want to F it yeah. up. Right. Question. If you had uh-huh. a, like a eight year old daughter, uh-huh. would you buy her the Addy books? Yeah, I think so. You would? Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, I had an Addie doll that I was too afraid to play with <laughs> because they told me, my mom was like, oh, her hair feels real. Like they might have used real hair on this. Oh, that like, creeped you out. 
I was like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that was before my love of wigs and weaves, so I was just, you know, like, would I, would I say, oh, this is the be-all, end-all? No, but mm-hmm. if she wanted them, then yeah. I'd probably get her some of those Dear America books, too. Yeah. Oh, I also asked, because shortly after we did our Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry, a Facebook group I'm in, a mother was asking whether or not Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry would be an appropriate book for her nine-year-old to read. And it's funny, because had we not done that episode, I probably Uh, would have said yes with no conditions. (laughs) But after having read it, I was like, you know what? I know we all read it. Because she had asked, like, what age did everyone read? I was like, I know we all read it, but, like, if you have not gone back and seen some of the imagery yeah. in that book, yeah. like, either read it with her or wait until she's older. Like, you know your daughter better than all of us, but we all sort of remember it fondly. Yeah. But yeah. you might not remember how uh, real that shit is. <laughs> that shit so I would say, yeah, a nine-year-old could read it, but you might want to, like, talk to her about, like, exactly. some of the themes and shit that are going on in it, especially nowadays. Yeah. Cause like I include, and I think someone like had asked and I included just some like, just like, this is what happens. And like when yeah. you list it out, it's like, shit, <laughs> a man gets set on fire. Another man is tarred and feathered. Like it's deep. It's deep. Yeah. It's not sugarcoated. Nothing. <laughs> this, I feel like that's just how the seventies were. Yeah. <laughs> like, They're hey like, kids. Listen up kids. You want to learn today. Vietnam is happening. I assume it's happening. So I guess like. What are the things, have you seen any examples of books you think, are there tropes, I guess might be better, of things that you think are harmful that people should avoid? Like if I was looking, like I want to buy a book, say I'm either an ally or a person who just doesn't have kids, and I'm looking for books to buy, what are some things to look for or things to avoid? Things that I guess that I'm trying to personally avoid are, like I said, if um, there's like colorism issues. Mm-hmm. Where if all of the black characters are kind of looking like, you know, they ain't actually black. Mm-hmm. Um, if if there's like a weird kind of exoticness to the other characters, like if it's if it's like a white character and it's kind of like uh, I go to my Chinese friend's house to oh, eat yeah. dumplings, mm-hmm. like that I don't really like. Um, there was another thing I was going to say. Um, oh, it's like this baby brain. I had three things in my head and I say <laughs> two of them and one of them is like just completely gone just it'll, out of nowhere. It'll come back. It'll you. come back. Um, oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Go ahead and I know it's going to come back. I'll say I like so I guess I'm not buying as much as you are just because. I'm remo- like, again, aunt versus mother. So I'm uh-huh. just buying them as like gifts. But I tend to go for right off. And I don't know if this is wrong. I just I'm all I'm only buying books with characters of color at this point. I feel like they'll get other books featuring white characters. Like they'll yeah. definitely be exposed to that. But I tend to like ones that are like sort of what you, what you said. Like, first of all, I tend to go for ones written by black authors or by yeah. authors of color. So you get that like authenticity. I like the ones that are more celebratory and celebrating like the message and represent, you know, positivity. I have not yet gotten them books about like, I'm sure you could find one, like the the struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Like the struggle slavery. Although maybe I should question that. Like they could probably, well, no, because then you got to explain like why Harriet Tubman had to do what she had to do. And it's like, I, I'm not qualified for that discussion. So yeah, most of the books I get are really celebratory and really like, um, happy. And I do try to look for 
like I said, because I'm sort of, because again, my, like my little nieces, they, they, the light skinned variety. So I do try to look for some variety <laughs> of like uh-huh. skin tones and shades. Cause I'm, I'm not that much darker than them, but I am like, I'm darker than the rest of them than they are. And so I want them to be mm-hmm. aware of like the range of shades of like black people and how, and how like you're still black, even if you're, you know, kind of high yellow. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, did your thing come back to you? I sure as fuck didn't. <laughs> it'll be like, it'll be like the last we'll be saying bye. Yeah. So what are, what are some things that you do look for? Um, I like good art. Sometimes yeah. I find if the illustrator is, I don't know, like it can be a turnoff. I feel like sometimes they exoticize features. Maybe you don't need to. So I like good art. I like for, um, at this point, I'm also like, this has nothing to do with race. I got to look at the quality of that book. Because let yeah. me tell you, these kids are rough. <laughs> because Mariah oh, yeah. can handle them, but her little sister, she loves books. She doesn't mm-hmm. know how to treat them. So she'll like, oh, just yeah. grab it by the page and like blow, and like throw it around. I got her um, the board book of the little leaders. Oh, I by, got that one too. Yeah, by Vashti Harrison. That's really cute. Uh-huh. Yeah. So she likes that. So it's basically just, I look for that equal representation, the, you know, the diversity of representation. I look for authenticity. So I like books that are authored by authors of color. Um, I look for, you know, high quality books that can withstand children. <laughs> Someone so, told me when we, when we did the chat on Twitter to get those indestructible books. So I've I seen those. Of those. Mm-hmm. I'm buying all secondhand, all used books. Yeah. And I they get, seem to, yeah. They seem to be held up very well, so. And I think it's like you got to watch. And I think it seems to be, this is me pretending I know kids. I think one, just watching them. And two, I think it's a personality difference. Like Maria really likes books. So she'll like sit and she'll sit and read it and pretend to read it. And she knows, and she'll mock you. She sees how you turn the page. She'll like do that. Mariah, I think is just not that big of a reader yet. Mm-hmm. or she, I don't know. She's got so, other things going on. Yeah. She's like, I'm not about this book. So she'll just toss it somewhere. <laughs> So, I mean, kids. Yeah. yeah and also, I was like, look at I bought that board books and children's board books, books are expensive. Are expensive. I'm like, I could buy myself like a full ass novel with this money. You need right. to treat that book right. They pricey. I know. Danny ain't playing. Those indestructible books, I think I found, I think they were between, they weren't cheap either. And like, I think the ones I saw were like $10. Yeah. And they're like six pages. Yeah. And like, I get it. You're spending a lot of money on material, but like, damn. But damn. Yeah. <laughs> Everything so far, every single one has been secondhand. I just took them, you know, I took my little disinfectant, wiped them down. Exactly. Well, do you have a, you have a half price books, right? In, Cal- well, in LA? You know, I don't know. I love half price books because they have board books and they have secondhand kids books and they have a good selection and those books are cheap. Oh yeah. I'm going to yeah. have to go. We went to a, we went to a, uh, used bookstore yes that's basically what half price is they have terrible i don't even go for myself anymore every time i go to half price books for myself that's what yeah disappointment i've gone like to one up in uh washington Mm -hmm. and uh and i've been to one in the one in kansas city and it's like that was you know long before um yeah i had baby and um uh yeah the the adult (laughs) section is not 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 it Mm-mm. unless you need a classic that's been out for like 50 or 60 years right but the kids stuff is pretty good they have good representation the books are they get books that are good quality i got mariah a whole bunch of elephant and piggy books there 
those are I like those. It's by Mo Williams. They have animals, so they don't fit this description. Yeah. I think actually a lot of the books that we've gotten so far have been animals. Yeah, so. Can I uh, say, I forgot how much of a jackass that rainbow fish was. I saw your tweet. I don't remember the story. What does he do? It's like, so he's like fabulous, right? Because he's got like these like shiny ass scales. And he's like always swimming around being like fabulous. But then everyone hates him and then he goes and he sees an octopus and he's like why they hate me and they're like well maybe you should share and then he takes his scales off and gives them to everybody else and he only has one left and then everyone's shiny and he's like now I'm a friend and I don't know how to feel about that message you know what I mean like yes he's a dick but at the same time like he's ripping out his own flesh to be accepted yeah that's that's deep that's yeah I think about that one I gotta analyze that I don't yeah. Was he rude to people or was he just like, I'm shiny and fabulous? Like, was he's, he just- he's just literally like existing, like being shiny. <laughs> I mean, he's a little bit proud about it, but he's not like, I'm so much better than everyone else. He's just a shiny ass fish. <laughs> uh, that's, mm, I don't know about that one. Yeah, some of the, that maybe that's another thing. Like the, the messages that they're saying are... There's so much to analyze. There's so much. Like I think about everyone's favorite, The Giving Tree. It's kind of like, okay. That's dark I, too. Yeah, you read it as a kid, you don't really think about it. But as an adult, you're like, well, what am I supposed to take from this? <laughs> uh, thank God for the obliviousness of kids sometimes. Because like, if you overthink right. this stuff... It would be traumatized. Right. So, so we're so, getting a lot of Richard scary. And it's like, they're in cars. I mean, this animal is what a books, mailman does. Animal books just are safer, it seems like. like yeah. Elephant and Piggy. Uh, the, those pigeon books. The llama books. Like, sometimes if you just want to avoid all the whole, like, the fraught field of, you know, diversity and representing other people's experiences authentically. Yeah. I mean, but you should you still can't, do it. You can't, yeah, you can't ignore it. It's yeah, you out still got it. You still got to do it. I get it if you just want to take a break. You need a break. <laughs> Here's a book about an elephant and a pig. Go nuts. Go nuts. So are there any titles that you thought were great that you want to share? Um. So we got, let me pull up my list. We got uh, Full, Full, Full of Love. So we got, yeah, that Full, Full, Full of Love, which I really like. And it's about, like, a little boy um, who goes to his grandma's house and she's, like, cooking for Sunday dinner. Mm-hmm. And it made me quite hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I got um, Dream Big Little Little One by Vashti Harrison, which is very cute. She did the little leaders. She's Her illustrations are just so cute. They're really, really cute. I got uh, Nerdy Baby Space. And... Um, I guess it just is explaining space, space concepts. <laughs> but I got it because this is like the little boy on the cover is like the closest to what I think my baby might look like. Uh-huh. Might actually look like. Oh, um, the little glasses and everything. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, I'm like 95% sure this old man's going to need ba- uh, baby glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen baby glasses? are kind of cute because they make your kid look extra nerdy because they physically attach to their head right and they don't know what's going on they're like oh like you just put some goggles on your baby they're just rolling their heads around (laughs) at some point i'm like like i wonder like is it really that bad just let my kid be 
see some fuzzy? Like, do I have to attach this to his head? But I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's like thread of eye strain. Probably. Um, we got this all the world book, which is pretty cute. It just seems like it's just about life in California. It's got really pretty illustrations in it. Aww. And then I did get him one book with a white protagonist called I Need a New Butt. <laughs> I think I've seen that. Yeah, and it's because the kid finds out his butt is cracked, so he needs a new butt. <laughs> and I could That's, not get that. You, you can't not get a book titled I Need a New Butt. Yeah. Um, I think once he gets a little bit older and I can do some of the books like I remember, like uh, Sticky Cheese Man or <laughs> uh, Shel Silverstein, then um, it'll be based more on memory, so... I like the snowy day. Have you gotten those? Oh, I did get. Well, I put that on my registry. Okay, so somebody will oh, get it for you. So someone got. I put that on the registry, and then I someone did get us. This is the rope. I don't know if you know that one. I don't. I don't like I that title. By, <laughs> I'm sorry. I think it's by. Um, like I need the I need the art to support what this book's going to be about because I'm going straight to the terribleness. <laughs> it's by Jacqueline Woodson. And it's, um, it follows the story of like this piece of rope that, uh, basically this family uses to like, they're down South and they like leave the South during the great migration and they like tie all their stuff up with this piece of rope. And over time, like the rope's getting smaller and smaller, but like it's following them as they move up North and the little girl's using it as a jump rope. Ah, and then it's explaining, okay. like, That does sound sweet. Okay. There we go. Yeah. I just need it. <laughs> I know it sounds very. It sounds very like. Wait a second. Where are we going? Where, where? What? What is this rope? <laughs> and so I had those two. Someone I think got us that, and then um, the day you began. Uh, I was gonna say that one. I bought yeah. that from Mariah. Oh yeah, yeah. Someone got us that one too. So I don't. I haven't read them yet, but I'm excited to see them. Those are cute. I've read The Day You Begin. It's very cute. It's good for like first day of school. I think that's the whole point of it. Um, so that one, I have the two, I've gotten the two Cherie. No, I've gotten one Cherie Miller book. I got The Princess Hair, but I did go with Mariah and we checked out Don't Touch My Hair from the library. I've gotten them a lot of, like I said, The Elephant and Piggy books by Mo Williams. Those are mm-hmm. cute. Um I'm not really good at buying like board books because I am incredibly cheap and I'm yeah, like, I cannot, I cannot. So some I have bought, there's like, um, so it was called baby dance and it's by Ann Taylor. And it has like, um, it had black people on the cover. That was also one of the reasons. And it's about them trying to put this baby to sleep by dancing till she gets so tired. She sleeps. <laughs> it was really cute. Um, so Princess Hair, Baby Dance, The Day You Begin, a whole bunch of elephant and piggy books. They like a lot of those. When Mariah was like learning how to read, I bought a whole bunch of like those little readers where it's just like Disney characters. Oh, yeah. I, I would try to get ones that had Tiana. I'm that person. <laughs> um, and I got them from Half Price Books because they would literally be two bucks each. Um, so a lot of those. So, yeah. And, and of course, the little leaders. I bought the regular version she did one Mm -hmm. that's for older girls and then they she did a board book version which i highly recommend it's very cute yeah we'll have to we'll have to look for that one we have the other one the board book yeah she did the other one first i think and then i think there was such a request 
like people were asking like do you have one for younger readers and she sort of modified it it's really cute yeah it's cute i know lupita nyong'o and her have a book out together that looks cute Yes, and Matthew Cherry did one about a dad doing his daughter's hair. Oh, I saw that. Yes. It's so cute. And on my stink, uh, my stink Twitter account, I said, uh, <laughs> I appreciated that they made the dad fine in that. <laughs> I don't know said, why you would you. hide that comment, Molly. That is A plus content. <laughs> I have to delete my stink Twitter account. I haven't been using it as much. That's why you keep it. You keep it when you need it. I don't even remember my login, but you know, I don't, I don't know how I've survived the Clinton, the Trump administration without it. You'd think I'd be using it more. Right. I think I've just been internalizing it, which isn't the healthy way to go. Right. So, so yeah, I don't know. I think I can't, I'm not old enough to compare when we were kids. I wish I could remember what it was like trying to shop for kids books back then, but beyond the scholastic book fair. Oh, perfection (laughs) exactly but and I always feel like I was able to find myself maybe I could have like you know you could always have more but I think between Dear America Addie maybe I could have definitely had more now that I say it but like yeah I don't know yeah I know that that um what's her name the uh that big book club the real fancy one uh I can't remember. They have the um, the anthology out, and basically they went out and they asked people um, when was the first time you felt yourself represented in literature. And I was like, that's a good-ass question that, that I is. don't really know the answer to. Because, again, like you said, I never felt like there was a time when I wasn't. But I don't know if that's, like, a combination of me being who I am with the parents that I have. And my father, like, literally saying, I made you in my image to be an egomaniac. <laughs> and then, or, like, growing up in, like, black-ass Kansas City where there were black people around and people telling you, you are black. So I never felt disconnected from that or, like, anything that I did or anywhere I went or anywhere that I would go wasn't a black experience. So right. it's, yeah, like, people are saying, like, oh, I didn't feel until high school or college like really uncomfortable with my blackness or that I was represented it maybe it's just me being an egomaniac and saying like you know Mufasa like everything the sun touches is mine I don't know if you had that experience too like growing up in St. Louis because it's kind of like I I don't know you just didn't I didn't really ever think that way well like I I liked books I would always look for books that look like me and I was usually able to find something I also just have a shitty memory so like, who knows? Like, who knows what I was accessing? I can't remember age seven. Like, oh God, what was I reading when I was seven years old? I honestly, yeah, I got nothing. So, and I would also read a little bit above what I should have been reading. Yeah, that's true. So too. adult literature tended to be pretty, so, you know. Yeah. But I, I get, but I will say, I do agree that there were times where I wish there was more. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was ever, and we're also black girls and black people. I mean, I can't imagine how hard it would be if you were like Asian or na- like a native, as you said. Yeah. So, yeah. And I feel like mixed, that must be difficult too. Like if you just want a story about a child who's, and it, I don't know. Like, let me tell you, a child, a story about a child who's mixed, who doesn't look like fucking redheaded, green eyed. You know what the fuck I'm talking about? (laughs) 
Not really, but I'm going with it. Oh my god. It's like people would always be like, uh, oh, you're mixed. It's like, yeah. It's like, she looks more mixed than you. What does that mean? That's fine. Because she's light-skinned. You know, like I had a friend who was like real light-skinned. And they were like, oh. And it's like, that's cool. Like that whole like being mixed but not like super duper light-skinned. It's kind of like. Yep. Sorry to disappoint you. Okay, here I am, my medium brown ass self. That's fine. I don't know. It's always, always, always a struggle. Well, not a struggle, but always a something complexity to talk about race, right? Yeah. But that's why we do it because we're not afraid. We're not afraid. And to not do it is disingenuous. And the name of that fucking club is Well Red Black Girl. Oh, I <laughs> Who did the it. anthology. <laughs> oh, I have that anthology too. I gotta read it. It's good. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. But I was like, how would I answer this question? I honestly don't know. Did you remember your third point about what books you read? I sure did it. I sure did it. It was right there and then I'm... it like it vaporized. I'm sorry. I have that all the time I'll record. I'll like remember something. 20 minutes later after we've hung up and I'm like, oh shit. Let me tell you, baby brain is so real. I told you about forgetting my husband's birthday, but here's the thing too, why I don't feel too bad about it. Um, he, uh, had his phone and, um, I remember he was in the hospital at one point and he was telling me, dial my mom on my phone. And I was like, okay. Cause he was hooked up. He couldn't. So he said the number. I was like, oh, you got a new passcode. He was like, yeah. And he said the numbers. And I was like, slow down, slow down. What, what are you talking about? And I was like typing it in like extra slow. And I just couldn't keep the numbers in my head. And he was like looking at me. He's like, are you? He's like, You're, are you serious? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, that's your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so when I say I am struggling right now. <laughs> Girl, I struggle. (laughs) You'll be all right, though. You'll make it through. I mean, they say mom brain is real, too. So, (laughs) you know, this might be my new normal. That's that's fine. That's fine. You know, he needs he needs to lay down fat, as they say, and uh, wrinkle his brain. And I guess that's just going to. At the expense of yours, I guess. He takes he eats first. That's what they say. Yeah. It's like anything I eat, he eats first. And I'm just sitting here like, uh, mommy needs wrinkles in her brain too. <laughs> leave me something. Leave me leave me some of this calcium. <laughs> so. Uh, okay. Yeah, she was be- trying to end it and I went on a tangent. No, but I think it was a funny tangent. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> we haven't had many tangents. I almost introduced a whole new tangent, which we don't need to get into, about our alma mater, which oh I guess I just God. did. <laughs> I saw another one, and instead of the guy in the bottom corner, I can't remember what he said, but in this one, he said, I'm a brother. I saw that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And I was like, what were you, uh, what were you going for, Mizzou? What were you doing, sweetie? Because, you know, somebody in their they probably came up with that all on their own. They didn't run it past anybody. Oh, absolutely. I know how higher ed educate. I know how higher ed communication works. You know, that was a surprise for the people in the in the office up the, at the big business. You know, they were just as surprised right. as all of us. They're like, they opened those tweets shit? just like we did. Like, the fuck is this? <laughs> what are y'all doing down there? Healing so. racism, Daniel. Oh, gosh. I am an African-American woman. Huh? One Twitter graphic at a time. Yep. 
Uh, All right. Yeah, we got to finish this. Are you reading anything? What are you reading? Can I say what I'm reading? You know what I read. Can I say it? Are you announcing it yet? (laughs) Uh, If you want to say... I don't know. I mean, I read something secret for a project that Danielle is working on, we'll and I'm see. just gonna leave it as that. Okay, is that the only? That's the only. That's the only thing I have. I I did read something else. Let me tell you, I can't remember. What it is. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pull up Audible. Like I'm you really, poor thing. <laughs> I'm super struggling right now. Um, so I read. That's the only one that I finished, though. Okay. Um. Oh, I told you. Um. I had been reading, rereading it and um, Cersei. Yeah. But I haven't finished either of those. (coughs) And then I've been reading our next read, and then the (laughs) only one that I finished was for your secret project. (laughs) I feel so honored. (laughs) And I guess all these damn children's books. Yeah, count those. I gotta read them. So that's like, I, I got like 25 of them. Yeah, I count. Listen, I put children's books on my reading challenge all the time. It's a book, I read it. I'm going to count it because I need, I need all the help I could get in this struggle year. Uh, oh, my poor, I can't, you're like, I already forgot it. <laughs> I already forgot it. I didn't know that, we'll save that. I didn't know that was the only book you read. Now I feel like, oh, what am I doing? Look at this woman. She'd be reading literature. So. We said at the top of the episode, Danielle, we don't discriminate. That's true. That was the whole focus of those first 15 minutes. Um, so I read a mix of things. I don't know if I said this on our last episode, so I'll just say it again. I read Heaven My Home by Attica Locke. Woo, child. Oh, I wanted to get that, but I'm like, I got to finish because I got read at the bone. I haven't started it yet. Oh, I read that one too. How, which one would you start with? Because I want to read both of them. Heaven My Home. Um, okay. I liked Heaven My Home is the follow-up to the book we read last year, Bluebird, Bluebird, That Ending Man. I need you to read it so you can, we can talk about that ending. Okay, then I'll, I'll read that one. I also read Red at the Bone by Jacqueline Woodson. I will say that's a quicker read. It's only okay. like, if you're doing Audible, I think it's like five hours. So okay. however you want to balance that. That book left me feeling sad. <laughs> that's the thing. I think you're out here feeling sad. And it's not even, and not even that like really, truly depressing sad. It left me that like melancholy wistful well, now sadness yeah, now looking just, out the window <laughs> yeah now I'm just down like I didn't want that um I read um so the this we'll just pretend we didn't mention it but uh the I'll you know I won't even say it we'll just skip right past it I read the world without us not that great it's supposed to be a book that discusses like what happens what would happen to the planet if we all just disappeared yeah I heard of it it didn't do like it didn't answer the questions I wanted to. Like, what happens to our house, our cars, our uh, animals, our cultural artifacts? It's like, mm-hmm. did you know if Chernobyl will still be Chernobyl? It's like, yeah. It's like, I, I figured. I kind of. It's like, hey, animals, they'll be less hunted. There'll be less people killing animals. I was like, Whoa. yes. I'd imagine there'd be no people hunting and killing animals. <laughs> but again, I didn't write the book. I'm yeah. not the key research center, so. He was like, all the animals currently seeking refuge in the DMZ they could leave and go to other places in Korea. I was like, well, I would think so. If... Yeah, probably. So um, I read Wench by Dolan Perkins Valdez. I'm sure everyone's seen the cover. Um, and I read On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vyong, which was good. It was a little, some parts of it I didn't get because he's a poet. And he wrote this, like, it's a novel, but he's a poet. So you know how poets are. It's very lyrical. Yes. <laughs> and some of it I got, some of it I did not. <laughs> so... Um, and I am currently reading The Water Dancer 
by Tanisi Coates. Yeah. I'm still very early in it, so I can't say much about like how it is. The first few, the first chapter I'm in is a little confusing. Like he sort of drops you in mid action. So I'm like trying to orient myself. So that's what I'm reading. And so cool. Let's wrap this up. Um, what do we read next time, Molly? I know you're excited. I am excited for all you haters. <laughs> it's finally spooky season. Mm. Nights are getting longer. We're moving away from the sunshine of romance. <laughs> <laughs> Into some new genres. Um, our next title will be The Hundred Thousand Kingdoms by N.K. Jemison. I'm excited. Yes, have you? I did start that one too, so I'm about halfway through the first book. Have you started it? No, I haven't. Well, it's downloaded to my phone. I haven't. Oh, okay. Like I made that first step. I'm like, it's on the phone, so I got to start <laughs> listening to it. I I think I tweeted about this way back. Me trying to keep up with all the titles in all her series. It's she got she writes a lot. It's like juggling cats. I never know at what point. Like, wait, what book is this? So I'm not even sure if 100,000 Kingdoms is the name of the series or the name of the book because they're different. And that's what's awesome. Yeah. You know what? And I'm saying that I, I believe is the name of the series. Um, Let me, we can, maybe, yeah, let's be confident. I'll let's, be, let's be totally confident about this. Okay. So it's a fantasy now. The first book of the Inheritance uh, the Trilogy. The Inheritance Trilogy. See, that's what's confusing. Like, it's not the 100,000 Kingdoms trilogy. We've got a whole different Right, it's title. the Inheritance trilogy. So we're reading the 100,000 Kingdoms of the Inheritance trilogy. Yes, the first book. The first so. book. And we're going easy on you because Molly had originally proposed we read the entire trilogy. At least so. the first two. And you know why it was selfish? Because I really like the second one. Yeah, and I think that's cool. We could, we have... We can always come back. We have nothing but time. Exactly. And we've got another platform. Where we oh, can share that's that true. That so. is a good point. Because um, I wanted to get, you know, I wanted to pick a book that was a little sexy. Yeah. So, although I think people, is that in the second book? I think people would, on the main feed would like that too. So, <laughs> we've done sequels before. We could just come back. Well, the first one, the first was a little sexy. The second was a little sexier. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so she... Uh, she wrote, um, what is it? The Broken Earth Trilogy, which I think is like the really like mind-bendingly popular one that people really, really love. But because we are contrarian, we're exactly. reading. We're reading, and I think we get like some good responses when we read like lesser known works of popular authors. I think so too. I think we've had a good, like when we did the Beverly Jenkins title. Yes. That got us some good outreach. So if you and are... That- Oh, go ahead. I was going to say Broken Earth. Is that, you're talking about the fifth season? That's yes. the book? It, okay. Yes. Um, so it's like if you, you know, are a closeted science fiction fantasy fan, <laughs> I think this is, I, I would call this pure fantasy, this one. If you're, if you're a closeted fantasy fan, you know, your season and mine is coming. <laughs> if not, um, you know, stick it out. You might like it. You'll deal. You'll deal. Yeah. <laughs> Molly read all these romances. We owe her. At least I guess maybe I just owe her. <laughs> you owe one. me. And then and then we're gonna move into um my favorite time of year. Uh <laughs> or this is and this is a real call to action. If you have an urban lit book, like a contemporary urban lit book written by a black female author, 
that you really, truly, actually love, send it our way. Yeah, we need to do a call for that on Twitter. Like, yes. It's coming. Yes, because I, this will be our fourth year? We, our fourth? Yeah, we did, this could be us, but you play in, coldest winter ever, and um, addicted. Addicted. So I really, I really, truly want to push the boundaries of this genre, and I really want to read what people are reading. So 100,000 Kingdoms, and then if you have a recommendation for an urban lit book, please let us know. Yes, it's coming in January. Yes. Why is that my favorite part about January? And I'll be back on the booze in January. So oh, yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be, that might be legitimately my first time going quote unquote out. Yes. Ooh, I'm, ooh, we got it. Oh, see now, yes. We got to live it up. We might end up with another two hour episode too. That was. Four hour episode. It, well, two, I guess I mean two part. You're right. Yeah, yeah, two. Four hours. You two know, parter. we regularly have two hour episodes. We do. Okay. We can't stay on task. Okay, so. Uh, right? Speaking of promotions. Yeah. If you would like to support us, we got a couple ways you can do that. One, we got some merch now. Yay! And it is, there's a link on our Twitter account. It is the pinned tweet, or you can go there directly at teespring.com slash stores slash swag for bougie readers three. So <laughs> don't ask me about the three. It was, it was a problem. I can't figure out how to get it off. So S-W-A-G dash F-O-R dash B-O-U-G-I-E dash R-E-A-D-E-R-S dash the number three. I hate that three. Yes. Maybe we'll do a bit.ly for that or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> maybe just go to the Twitter account and find the pinned tweet. That's yeah. probably. But we'll I, I keep love it that there. three. I like it now. <laughs> it's my favorite three. Uh, um, do you want to talk about the next one? Yeah, or yeah, or you can. We also have a Patreon. Oh, I wrote Patreon. Oh, I don't know if I'm I mean, a patron or a Patreon when I wrote this outline. A Patreon and a patron. <laughs> a single patron. A patron. You can find it at patreon.com slash black chick lit. Yes. We have and different levels. Mm-hmm. We have so, a couple episodes too. Yes, that I one of them I need to put up still. <laughs> Yeah, then we did want to shout out our patron. Yes. We got to listen. I'm all I just closed the window. <laughs> Patreon. He's cuz he's a fellow podcaster. He is. His name is Curtis. Curtis. And he has a podcast called I Found This Great Book and he's in the same market as we are where he is out here promoting, you know, underrepresented authors and things. Yeah. So, we appreciate his support. Definitely. It's so awesome. And for all of you haters, I've listened to a few of his. <laughs> that was like super aggressive. Wasn't it was. It? I was like, who, who came at you, Molly? Um, uh, I listened to a few of his episodes and they're very good. They're extremely like on topic mm-hmm. and like very um, uh, concise. They're clear. He has a topic. He sticks to it. So if you can't stand our um, shitty idiots <laughs> sometimes and you're like dad is what you about the books might I recommend I found this great book yes so he has a website at I found this great book.com and he is on twitter at found a great book so yes. thank you to our patron thank we you appreciate to our patron. it we, we're, I'm still surprised I'm I, so amazed 
I can't believe it. I was like, oh my, and it wasn't a mistake. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, excuse me, did you accidentally? It was like, no. <laughs> like, I support you guys. Support. I was like, what? Thank you. So. Thank you. Um, and if you are, you know, not everybody's got money. There are other ways you can support. Not, I didn't mean it like that. That sounded so kind no, of No, girl, girl, I don't have money. <laughs> if you broke like me. <laughs> so if you are looking for ways you can support us without money, you can follow us as always. We are, where are we, Molly? So we're on Twitter <laughs> at Black Chick Lit. We're like super close to 3,000 followers I, right I'm now. so ecstatic. Which is like, what the hell? How is this happening? Um, on Instagram at BCL Podcast, which Danielle, I've been seeing you put up, putting up <laughs> some stories, which is awesome. Um, and then you can always visit us at our, our fabulous and informative website, blackchicklit.com. It is informative. The first page is a list of all the lists we've been included on. I'm real proud of that. I'm proud of that too. It's like, what? People are Um, listening to this? I know. Oprah? Oprah. Oprah. Really? I like to think we're on Oprah's like iPhone. Like (laughs) her podcatcher includes us. My grandma was like, you should tell Oprah about your podcast. (laughs) Look, she knew. Well, yeah, I should send her that. My grandma was really, really happy when Parade put us in. (laughs) I think that's so cute. Um, You can also rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play. That, you know, increases our engagement, our ranking, gives us good vibes with the algorithm, and it helps other people find us. Yeah, definitely. And if you hate doing all of those things (laughs) and you just want to talk to us directly... Um, you can send questions to contact at blackchicklet.com. Woo! We love questions and comments. We so. do. And we frequently respond. We do. <laughs> we don't have anything better We really don't. With our podcasts. We're, we're a small production. We appreciate all our engagement. We do. And you guys have been really, like, just, just the support and the feedback we get is just always, it always amazes us, I think, because you guys are just so funny and so responsive and you say things that I don't ever think of and have all these experiences that you know just open our eyes to more things because I think we started this podcast knowing like black readership and black female readers are not a monolith and I think we just you know growing this little community is just proving that and it just warms my bitter heart to interact with you guys Awesome. So, on that note, make sure you read your sci-fi fantasy. Do it! I <laughs> sat through, we did so much romance, and I opened my eyes to all this romance. I became a romance champion. I was fighting someone in a comment section on Reddit the other day about Were romance. Were you really? I was. I'll send it to you. But I don't want I don't want people to know what my Reddit is because I spend way too much time on Am I the Asshole? She went to bat. So. No, no. So I went to bat for you. You can come bat for me. <laughs> so, and of course, the book is probably awesome. I haven't read it yet, but I'm sure it's awesome because N.K. Jemison, she's getting that attention. And so I want to, I want to, I want to be part of this group cheering yeah. her on. So yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna take your hand, lead you into spooky season, and then urban lit season, and then I <laughs> promise we'll be back to romance come February. We'll get there. Yeah. Alrighty, guys. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.